Michelle Donnelly, and this is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. I believe that every single mom can discover a life of peace, power, and purpose, and that you can do it right through the things that God is carrying you through in your season as a single mom. Here we talk about all of the things that matter to a single mom, but most of all, I hope you found a place where you feel like you belong. Let's get started. I'm so grateful you could join me for this episode today. I'm your host, Michelle Donnelly. Before we dive into today's episode today, you may have noticed that the Christian Single Moms podcast has a new look and feel. We have relaunched the ministry as Plus One Parents, and there's a couple of very exciting changes that come with that transformation. The first is that the expansion of Plus One Parents allows us to now create resources that are accessible to both single moms and single dads. Now, there will be some resources, for example, like the Christian Single Moms podcast that will remain specifically devoted to single moms. But as we continue on in the future, we're going to be launching more tools for both single moms and single dads and some tools specifically just for single fathers. The second is that the ministry is now donor-supported. Plus One Parents is a nonprofit organization, and that means that we have the ability to allow donors to walk alongside with us and to partner with us in developing more tools and resources to support single parents. That is just where we are getting started, but we have some pretty ambitious plans for 2022, and I just want to say thank you for your support as we have transitioned into Plus One Parents. I have received a lot of really kind emails and comments and DMs, and I'm just so grateful for your encouragement. That all being said, let's jump into today's conversation. My guest today is Carrie Garcia, and we're talking about story work. She's going to share with us what story work really is and how gaining an understanding of what God is doing in our stories catapults us in our transformational experience. I know a lot of us deal regularly with feelings we'd rather not have, feelings like loneliness, anxiety, rejection, anger and depression. The ways we've learned to cope with these emotions and with our triggers can help us survive, but they can also eventually keep us stuck in patterns that cause us to feel overwhelmed and threaten our well-being and our relationships, especially when it comes to our kids. Over at plusoneparents.org slash quiz, you can take the what's your stress style quiz and learn more about how your coping strategies might actually be holding you back but how you can also make changes that will get you moving forward. That quiz, again, is at plusoneparents.org slash quiz. Something that has stuck with me from this conversation is the understanding that God will actually take us backwards in our story before He takes us forward. And He does that to give us the strength that we need to see how He's rewriting our past. Here is my conversation with Carrie Garcia. Carrie, I'm excited to have you with me today. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, it's great to be here, truly. Carrie, I'm so fascinated by the concept of story work. It is definitely something I have had to engage in little bits and pieces as I've gone through this healing journey of my mm -hmm. own. 
Mm-hmm. And I just find it so fascinating because it's it's a place where God is doing a rewriting for many of us. He's mm-hmm. He's taken maybe where we've come from and he wants us to see something new in where we're going, but we have to we have to engage with that work of where we've been from the past in order to just get that sense of where he's right, rewriting things. So I wanted mm-hmm. to know if you would talk a little bit about just this concept of story work and yeah. you know what goes into all of that. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad you asked this question because a lot of people look at what I do and they're like, sounds cool. What is it? You know, like, what is story work? What does it mean to be a story coach? What does it mean to... If I dive into my story, do I stay stuck there? Like, there's just a lot of questions that come up around story. And ideally, like, we would love in like a utopian world to come to Jesus and have there be no past story that all of a sudden, because we take the scripture that says, Behold, I am a new creation, um, the old is gone, behold, the new. And although that's true, that's actually coming from our, our sin nature, that, that that is actually gone. Now we actually have a choice now to not live in sin, that we actually have a choice to live in goodness. But it's it's not talking about uh, in relation to the stories in which we bear, the stories that shaped us the stories that um, began to be the grid in which we love and live in life. And so really what story work is, is taking the stories from the past and bringing them into the future so that we can examine them. How much power do they have over me? How was I shaped by the environment that I was raised in and by the relationships that I was in? What kind of narrative did I start to believe about myself And we take that under the examination of going, well, what of that is true and what of that is a lie? And we really have to take a look at these past stories because by bypassing them, we're actually bypassing our calling. We're actually bypassing the thing that's going to make us feel passionate and alive. Mm. I want to say it's out of the particularities of our pain that really comes the particularities of our calling, this like purpose where we see the earth, we see the land, and we go, man, there is something wrong in that area. And it's usually coming from the places where we were the most wounded. Mm-hmm. And when we allow ourselves to, to kind of hold that space, to dive into those stories and begin to sift it through the word of God, sift it through God's love, and also sift it with other people, trusted people, we actually can start to read the story correctly. Because when we haven't tended to it, we actually aren't reading the story correctly. We're reading it through the grid of our own survival techniques, our own pain, what's been told to us, culture, religion, whatever it is. Um, So we're not reading it with truth. Hmm. And so really, if story work is really the journey of the soul through time, that's kind of like taking our soul and just kind of going, okay, what's been true? uh, What's been not true? And what have I believed to be true that's not true? And we just run that through the grid of God saying, well, if the truth sets us free, then we have to actually have to name the truth of what we've experienced so that God can tend to those places and bring healing. So that's kind of story work. It's it's yeah. taking the past and bringing it into today to be examined and healed so that there's always a so that we can actually move into our 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 uh, future with purpose and passion. Mm. I love what you just said there though about the fact that there's a purpose for all of this. It's not even necessarily to say, aha, I figured it all out. Like I've gotten, you know, like this is why all of this happened. Like we may not really get 
that answer. Mm -hmm. But as we identify those broken parts and those lies in our own story, I just love that you said though, that, you know, we are a new creation, but we're still in this broken world and we're going to have eyes to see those specific lies and that brokenness in the world around us so Mm -hmm. much more clearly once we've pulled them out of our own stories. Mm -hmm. And I've just seen where God has poured all kinds of compassion over me in going back to some of those places that it's just so easy for me. And, and I think sometimes it's like, it's easy for me to see it, but sometimes that comes out as like being triggered. You know, Mm -hmm. I was in a dentist office today and I saw a woman who was having a harsh confrontation with someone. And I was like, like it, it took my breath Mm -hmm. away. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, I knew exactly what that woman was feeling in that moment. And I just wanted to cover her with truth as the engagement ended, because I was like, Oh, honey, like, Mm -hmm. I understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. I mean, really, at the end of the day, we, we were shaped by a world that's broken, but we were formed by a God that's perfect. Mm. And so I, I think we need to identify where have we been shaped so that we can remember how we were formed. And the Bible says that I formed you in your mother's womb like this, like you are a good creation. When he looked down and formed you, it was good. There was goodness for you. But we live, like you said, in a very broken and fallen world. And and that world, our family of origin, all of these stories of other people, cultural, religion, shape us into trying to survive a world that's really hard to survive. I don't care if you've had the white picket fence and the perfect life, you know, quote unquote, perfect life. You have a story of harm. You have Mm -hmm. a story of heartache. There are stories we compare and minimize all the time. But the reality is we have stories where the enemy has assaulted us to the depths of our soul to try to silence and to squelch the goodness in which we bear, to forget who we were formed by, and to live by who we were shaped by, to live mm. up to what we were shaped by. And I, I think the, the work of story work allows you to even know, like you said, I'm in a dentist office, I'm seeing someone be verbally assaulted. Mm-hmm. And that's going to bring up story for you because of your story. And you can then empathize with her because you've allowed yourself to experience the truth of your story. Mm-hmm. that you have been assaulted, that you've experienced that. It might look different than her story, but you know the undercurrent of what mm-hmm. that felt like. So it actually allowed you to have empathy for her. It actually allowed you to rage. There was a little bit of a rage up, like a holy yeah. discontent, like that's mm-hmm. not okay. Not on <laughs> yeah. my watch. Will this continue to happen on the that's land, right? right? Yeah. But without doing the work, without allowing your story to be read, to be held against the grid of truth and love and mm-hmm. care for those places of deep pain and harm, you actually can't extend that kind of grace and truth to someone else. Because you really can't take someone else farther or empathize with them farther than you're willing to go yourself. Does that make sense what I'm oh, saying? Totally. I think it's one of those things we have to receive it for ourselves. And that's the beautiful thing. As we talk about purpose, certainly there is some place that we get to share this compassion, but we got to receive it first. And the Lord yes. is like, don't skip that. And I think that's where you're talking about with the bypassing, like we mm-hmm. can't skip that step. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times in Christian communities, we may feel like, oh, no, 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 no. The Lord already fixed it. Like we don't have right. to go back and look at it. Like let's right. keep going. But the Lord is like, no, let me tend to you here. Mm-hmm. Let me 
let me show you where I was. I think that's the thing in my own story work. It's like, let me show you that I was there the whole time. Let me show mm-hmm. you these things along the way so that you would know that you were held the whole entire time, that you were not out of my grasp. And as I rescued you from something, I want to show you where I'm going, but mm-hmm. let's let let me show you though how much I love you. Let me call you by your new name. Mm-hmm. And let me let me let me just nurture you before we push you off into something that would be you know, ministry or, you know, where we're, where we find purpose in this. And I just love that if, you know, if we look at Psalm 23, where it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures, Mm -hmm. he makes us pause sometimes. And sometimes that's, what's painful though, about story work is we feel like, ah, I'm just getting triggered over and over again, Mm -hmm. or I don't want to revisit that chapter. Mm -hmm. And he is just so not in a rush with us though, that Mm -hmm. his, whatever in the future for us is not uh, so urgent that mm-hmm. we've got to hurry up and get through this work right. without really fully receiving what he has for us. Right. Right. And actually, and we're wired to heal. So, you know, the, one of the big pushbacks, like you just said, like, Oh man, I got to revisit this stuff. Like this is going to be really painful. The reality is, is you're already living out the pain of your story. Mm-hmm. So the question is, do you want to have the story have power over you or you have power over the story? And that's what story work does. Your brain's actually wired and God wired our brains to sit with another, have someone else read us well and be able to hold space for our heart, that it actually begins to heal the story. So where the the neurons in the brain, if I can get a little technical, but where the neurons in the brain see a story of rejection or abandonment, they see an instance uh, you see the the woman getting assaulted in the dentist office because you've done work. You're now able to see that story through the grid of hope rather than your Mm -hmm. own story getting activated and Mm -hmm. feeling silenced by it or frozen by it or small by it. You see the very act of doing the work and the very act of sitting in this will not keep you stuck in it. It will actually free you from it. But we've been told a lie. We've been told a Mm -hmm. lie that if we go back into the past, we're going to stay stuck in the past and we're not going to get freedom. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is not only does scripture not agree with this, but science doesn't agree with this. We Mm. know that the brain actually begins to heal from traumatic events when it's grieved and it's shared, when Mm. it's named, when it's held, that the brain actually begins to have another pathway in which to see the story. So you were able to see in that moment not the triggering of your own story. You knew how mm-hmm. to empathetically respond, but it didn't suck you in and freeze you. It actually empowered you to have empathy in that moment because you've done story work. You've done mm-hmm. the work of sitting in the stories of why did I get there in the first place? Why was it okay for me to be spoken to the way I was or, mm-hmm. or assaulted the way I was? Why was that okay for me to allow that to happen? Not with condemnation, but with empathy to say, where in my story was I looking for love and didn't receive it? And so I found it in the arms of someone that would hurt me, like mm-hmm. as counterfeit love. Mm-hmm. So I just say all of this because I want to free the people and I want them to examine how often in your life do memories and stories come up in your life mm-hmm. and you go, oh, I'm just going to push that down. It's just, it's not important or whatever. And I want you to think, why on earth, if, if a God is a God of ultimate freedom and wants you to be sanctified and become like Christ, why on earth would you have such an aversion to going to stories that have kept you stuck? And I want you to see it clearly 
that the lie is, and it is a lie, that if you go there, you'll stay stuck there because the lie actually is from the enemy that says, when you go to that place, he Mm. knows you're going to experience freedom, both biblically and scientifically. He Mm. knows it. And so he wants to keep you far away from naming those places because once you've been freed, hell no, not on my watch. <laughs> That's right. To happen on the earth will rise up inside you. So we say yeah. hell no, but heaven, yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so oh, I just so say good. all of that because I want to free you to understand that regardless of whether you choose to do story work or not, you are doing story work. Mm. You are living out a story that you have been shaped by and God wants to bring you into a story that you've been formed for. You've been formed for goodness. You've been formed for righteousness. You've been formed for holiness, but you've been shaped by a broken and fallen world. And and that's just the reality. So what your choice is, what do I want to do? Do I want to allow the story to have power over me? Or will I have a courageous act and say, God, with as much as I have within me, I will trust you that if I do this work and if I name this places, that not only will biblically you promise to see me through the valley of the shadow of death, but scientifically, I actually believe that this is not a made up reality. This is truth. My brain mm-hmm. actually heals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're so right that we are doing this story work, whether we're choosing to engage it or not. Our narrative mm-hmm. from the past is continuing with us as we're moving into the future, right? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, and I want to, the woman who's listening right now, who's like, oh, wow, I wish I could be that way. I got triggered and frozen a lot before this point. And even in this moment in the dentist's office, mm-hmm. I did recognize I'm having a triggered response, but yes. the narrative has changed now to, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. Like, oh, is this, you know, is this going to be my reality forever? To the point of when I have triggers now, I'm able to say, you're here, Lord. That mm-hmm. past is gone. I am more than a, I'm more than a conqueror. You know, all mm-hmm. of these things that I can speak truth over myself in that mm-hmm. moment and recognize that though I may walk around and have triggers and they may go with me yes. the rest of my life, they are only a thing now to draw me closer to the protection of the Lord and no longer a place where the enemy has the ability to get back in here mm-hmm. and tell me what his version of this whole story is. But Carrie, as we talk about being held though, and starting to pass these stories through that grid of truth, sometimes this story has been with us. This narrative has been with us so long. We don't even know that it's there. And that was the case with me. I fell on it by accident and I was just bowled over at the understanding that the Lord showed me. Can you talk about maybe how that process looked for you and, you know, what that really looks like to start engaging this process? Yeah. I mean, I've done a lot of therapy for sure. Went to school to be a therapist and now am a life coach and also certified in narrative trauma care. And really what it came down to was we need people that are willing to read us well. We need people that are willing to hold the space and read us well. All the therapy I went through was great. Helped me understand you know, more about the trauma and my life and whatever. But it wasn't until I sat with a group of women in a trusted space and I fought it with every inch of my being, let me tell you. <laughs> but where I actually brought a story, I brought a 600-word story. It, I, I got very particular about it. I brought this story and it kind of, it was like a story of like, it's a story that's always bothered me, but 
I didn't really know why it bothered me. I was five. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but I brought the story nonetheless. And as I brought the story and began to tell it, I got very emotional about it, which means that my body is telling me there's more to the story than I'm letting myself feel. Hmm. So as I began to share it, uh, and other people in the circle began to ask questions about it and name what they were seeing in the story. I At first, I rejected it. But then as I started to sit, I was like, man, I feel like for the first time in my life, some my world is like what has felt so crazy is making sense. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm being read well. I'm being read with care. This moment that I wrote down, I should have received care in that moment. I should have received tenderness in the moment. Instead, what I received was a mandate to be somebody to, to take on a role I should never have had to take at five years old. And I start to see this now through the grid of so much of my life. That same little five-year-old, that vow that she made, I need to be this to receive love, uh, infiltrated all of these areas of my life. But it took some solid women. And I've done this story work with men. I've done story work with women. Uh, that, that was the initial like, whoa, I have never, I have never started to feel more healing than I did when I started to actually just share my story and it was received with kindness and care and people grieved with me and I shared in a trusted room. And over the course of a couple of years of this training that I was doing, which they make you do your own training uh, through your own story, that's how you learn. I was healing in ways that I had never experienced in all. And I love therapy. I still go to therapy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I had never fully experienced. And it was like God was coming into the depths of these stories where the enemy had rooted and I didn't even have defense for it. Five years mm-hmm. old, I don't have a defense against the enemy. I'm too little. Mm-hmm. I'm too little to make sense of a crazy world. So I do everything I can to just get love. That's, that's what you do when you're little. And I started to go, man, this, this is really, really changing my life. And then that's, you know, that, that's now why I do what I do, because to be honest with you, the, I could never be a therapist. I, I break too many rules, but <laughs> uh, I'm thankful for my therapist, but oh, I've started to see this work that we do. And that's really where it began was this world being opened up to me of lay people. Mm-hmm. They were not counselors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were lay people. One lady was trained in story work, but most of them were just lay people holding space, asking good questions, me looking up from my story and seeing their eyes filled with tears. And I started to go, oh, this story is bigger than I've let it be. And it actually has roots in my life. And it allowed the invitation of the Lord to come into some very deep rooted areas and move me from behavior modifications of all the things I can do into actually heart transformation. And it was highly healing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just listening to you and just my experience is so similar. And I just love in the midst of this that you just see, and you, you pointed to this so well, but yes, therapy is good. It, there are good tools in therapy, yes. but the transformation that the Lord takes us through when he is leading that charge. Like it is no mistake that you brought that particular story to that group that day. It was no mistake. The people who were there to hold your story and to show you compassion. Right. And that that safety is something that he pulls all that together for us, that we have the ability to begin to bravely 
confront some of these areas that in mm-hmm. the past, whether we know that we're scared of it and we don't want to go to it, or we don't even know that we're using a false narrative, right. that he starts to draw these pieces out. But I think safety really is such a crucial and critical point yes. here because I know there was a season where I was not ready yet to engage it, mm-hmm. that I actually had to go through a season of allowing myself to even be comfortable with using the word victim to mm-hmm. say this word means to me that something happened to me. Yes. And so often when we get this, we create this persona around this false narrative that I am strong, nothing can touch me, you know, that kind of thing then it's sort of an affront to us that we could, that something could have even happened to us. Mm -hmm. And so there was a season that the Lord allowed me to just sit there and even start to absorb that part of of the narrative before going backwards then further to say, this is, but this is how you got here. This is Mm -hmm. why this is is hard for you to even accept this word in the first place. And then to be able to take that to move into survivor and then to move yes. into victor like this was a stair-stepped mm-hmm. kind of approach yes. but it was not um it was i was not ready for all of it and i think that's the thing mm-hmm. with healing not being linear that sometimes we feel like we're doing it wrong mm-hmm. or we feel like oh man like this this has to end at some point right and there's mm-hmm. just but he takes us through such a steady approach. He knows Mm. what those steps are. He knows who those people are supposed to be. And I think sometimes we think about safe people, we assume that it would be people maybe that we've walked a long time with. And Mm -hmm. for me, it was actually a brand new mentor and a brand new community that was able to hold that. And sometimes even that can be better because you're walking in off of the street. These people don't even know your whole backstory, but they can hear you tell it in your own voice and start to point out things that they're just starting to sense as they're being brought into that, that discussion. Yes. Yes. Agreed. 1000%. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think story work is like this. It's like a triangle. And I think the top of the triangle is your present. And then I think the bottom left corner is your past. And I think the bottom right corner is your future. Mm-hmm. And I think where we have to start at the t- is at the tip of the triangle. We actually don't start at our past. We start at our present. So what good. is true today? Mm-hmm. Where are we today? And what's honest? This is why I do the honest podcasts. Like people ask me all the time, what was the first thing you did to start walking in freedom? Well, I had to get honest. Mm-hmm. But but my past stuff, I didn't even know. I didn't know it was even a lie. I didn't even mm-hmm. know that I, to be honest with you, I, I minimized everything about yeah. my story. I didn't even think it was like, like I knew I had gone through some stuff and I knew I'm kind of jacked up today in the present, but I didn't really see the connection point. So mm-hmm. I couldn't really be honest about my past until I was really honest about my present. Where am I? Where, what am I longing for? And where am I actually lying to myself? Mm-hmm. And where am I lying to others? And, and that was a real indicator. And I think what I hear you saying, and this is very true of story work, you have to take where you are. Like kindness is not to jump into the deep end. Um, that's not actually kind for someone that's never swam. Mm-hmm. That's actually traumatizing. Yeah. So we actually take you at the present and we go, okay, where are you today? Mm-hmm. What's honest? Not fake honest, not religious honest, not I'm really mad and pissed off at God. 
but I'm just going to say, God, I'm a little miffed at you. Are you honestly, Mm. because God can take it. Mm -hmm. um, Where are you today? And let's hold that and get honest about that. And then as we're working through that, God and his graciousness and goodness and timing then starts to, it always happens. I've seen this a thousand times. What happens in the churches (laughs) often, we take the present, you're a broken, you're a sinner, whatever it is. And we go, okay, you need Jesus. Totally true. And then we pop them to the right hand of the corner, mm-hmm. which is the future. All right, now mm-hmm. go serve. Now go do what you need to do. Uh, go go be a light in the world. All of that's true. But you actually don't know your purpose and your passion. And it's di- a disservice to your heart to go, I'm going to go from present to future. No, I actually have to go from present, what is honest and true. I am in need of the Lord. And then I go to the past, whether it's a week ago or 20 years ago or whatever, mm-hmm. Where does he need to tend and bring care and comfort, which is the one way that our brains heal from trauma. And then I move to the present. I mean, Mm -hmm. to the future, Mm -hmm. then I move to the future. And so what you're saying is exactly how God wired us. We come as we are. Jesus says, come as you are. And then he moves us into the places that need to be uncovered and healed by his timing. Don't try to, don't try to bring all of it. Don't try to muster up. Well, what do I need to do? God will reveal, I promise you, he is the Mm -hmm. great revealer and he is the great transformer. So let him reveal what's what's next in your past, what's holding you back. What are those stories that are aching at you? Allow them to be tended to. And I promise you, this is my promise and it matches to the word of God that he will bring out purpose and passion. No church can do this. No youth group can do this. Small group can do this. No organization can do this. Purpose and passion comes from a well-tended-to story mm-hmm. in the hands of God, period. Mm-hmm. And then you complete the triangle. And you know what? You're probably going to have to do it again. Yes. And do it again <laughs> as we mature. We'll have to go to the next layer and do that again. But that, yeah. that is that is the process. It's a triangle. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of what's important about this too, and why I see the Lord often taking us back before he will take us forward is those lies impact our relationship with him. And if we don't know him, if we don't have the ability to trust him, then we're going to have a lot harder time stumbling into the future. And he desires for us to be running free skipping towards the future. And it's not always going to be easy, but he's shown me how all of this stuff that I believe wrongly about myself Mm -hmm. was magnified by me believing wrong things about him too, Mm -hmm. and who I was to him. And the only way I'm able to say, yes, Lord, I will hold your hand in this. Yes, I will walk in the footprints that you've even already put before me is I have to go back to those places and go, no, where I thought that I thought this about you, like this was the truth. And where this happened, I see that your hand was there and, and start to pick out those spots where, no, I actually, I can see this from a completely different point of view, mm-hmm. but we're not able, it, it, we can, and, and we can try as we might to like, maybe take a few steps into the future. And that's okay. That's cool. Like sometimes it does look right. like a couple of steps forward, but don't be surprised if he takes you yeah. a few steps backwards in that you feel like it's a setback 
And he's mm-hmm. like, no, this is set up. Like I'm right. going to get you ready for where I really right. am going to go. Well, he'll be moving. If you go straight from your present to your future, you're actually just stepping into behavior modification. Mm-hmm. You're not actually embracing full heart transformation mm-hmm. um, because God is more interested in being close to you than he is for you, like doing stuff for him. Like that's just not the heart of a father. Yeah. Um, And some of us haven't had good fathers, but Mm -hmm. uh, the heart of the true father is to say, I actually want to shape you. I want to, I want to bring you back to what you were formed to be. I want to shape you by my love. There's nothing like having a story of heartache be met with care that transforms uh, that transforms a mind and a heart, a soul, a body. And so you move forward with an unshakable faith because you know what it has been like to be met with such care and such brokenness. Although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for the Lord is with me. His rod and his staff protect me and guide me. And so you, you look at that and you go, it's not an option to not walk through the valley. And we've all experienced the valley, uh, all of us. It's not an option. But the option that's often offered to us is actually the bypassing of our past to just step into our future. And remember this, in Revelation, Jesus stands there fully restored, standing in heaven, still bearing his scars. Mm. Because the scars tell the story. They tell the story of where you've been, what you've gone through, and what Jesus has done. So to bypass the story is to bypass the richness of being met with care and comfort, which you or all of us are always longing for. Mm. Am I loved in my brokenness? Am I loved in my shame? Am I met with care? That does something to a brain and to a body and to a spirit. So you bypass that. You actually bypass all the good stuff, even though you have to name the hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you brought up revelation there too, because one of the verses in this season that keeps coming out to me is that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of Mm -hmm. our testimony. And the blood of the lamb is the work of Jesus on the cross, but the word of our testimony, that's our story. Our Mm -hmm. testimony is the place where God met us in our story, intersected our lives and said, you're mine. Mm-hmm. Let's go, you know, mm-hmm. and pulled us mm-hmm. out of that. But we cannot have a testimony without engaging this this part of it. We have to right. be able to walk through our story and look through it through the lens of victory. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy to you don't start there though. You start mm-hmm. with with grief, you start with questions, and God right. can handle all of that stuff. Right. And one question I had for you though, as you've worked with women through this process, and you know, have have engaged it yourself. These questions of why often pop up. Why did this have to happen? Why did this happen to me? Why, why, why? And sometimes mm-hmm. we don't necessarily have super clear direction on that. So mm-hmm. for a woman who's like kind of stuck in that space mm-hmm. and is really not able to see beyond because she's still kind of pondering these questions, mm-hmm. what insight do you have into that? Mm-hmm. Well, first I just want to say. I don't know why. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't. I, I can't make sense of a really fallen, broken world. Um, what I can hold to is the fact that God has prepared our hearts to say, "Eden was the plan. Mm-hmm. Eden was what we were created for." When we grieve, we grieve because we know it's not, not supposed to be this way. It's like something in our bodies know. This was not what I was created for. And Jesus and God and Holy Spirit would say, you're right. 
You were created for Eden, but sin has broken shalom. Shalom, this beautiful, right standing, perfect, peaceful place has been shattered. And so we can ask the questions, why was it shattered? The reality is it was shattered because sin entered, because this is what happens when we step out, when when Adam and Eve stepped out of the, the beautiful container of the garden. And And so the reality to me isn't the question, why is this happening? You might not like the answer, but the why is because sin, sin has entered what was meant to be eternal, what was meant to be good and gracious. The bigger question is though, in the midst of what is happening, where? I'd rather ask where than I'd ask why. Because why is to me is an easier answer in the sense of this world was never intended to go well, except for in the garden. And it was broken. It was shattered. What was meant to be was shattered. But the question of where, where is God? That question I love answering because we see when Shalom was shattered, when the story was broken from what it was intended purpose, when Adam and Eve hid in their shame and their disillusionment and their their heartbreak, we see where the father was. He was in pursuit. He came, he actually helped them. He engaged their shame. He didn't just go, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. No, he said, what, what happened? He allowed them to name the truth of their own brokenness, of their own fallenness, but it was not met with death, which that's what the enemy wanted. He thought that they were going to die. Instead, he was, they, they were met with, and yet you are still mine. You are still mine. We see this at the woman at the well, you know, the woman that's standing there, go get your husband. I don't have husbands. I got, yeah, I know you don't have a husband. In fact, the five men you were with, uh, you had five husbands and the guy you're with right now is not even your husband. And you think, oh my gosh, so savage. Like, why wouldn't he just say, I love you? Instead, he makes her engage her shame so that he can actually tend to her trauma because her trauma, because people aren't with six men because they're just looking for six Mm -hmm. men. They're looking Mm -hmm. for love. But he wanted her to go, look, I'm not going to bypass your story. That would do a disservice to you. It actually wouldn't heal you. It just behavior modify you. Mm -hmm. I want to heal your story by the very places that you feel shame. I'm going to meet you with my eyes and it's going to see love. And we know it worked because she goes back to the village and says, come meet a man that told me everything about me. Mm -hmm. So the question is not why, because I can answer that. Sin Mm -hmm. is why. Mm -hmm. Brokenness is why. This was not what God intended, guys. He intended Eden and our bodies constantly get back to Eden. We have the assurance that we know heaven is coming, but as it is in heaven, may it be on earth. That means that we can start to experience Eden-like moments here on earth in the midst of the fallen sinful world, because we can answer the question, where? Where Mm. is God then? Well, he is in pursuit of you. He is holding your tears. He is taking your story and lifting up your face and his big daddy hands are on your cheeks and he's looking you dead in the eyes and he's saying... Where are your accusers? Don't they condemn you? You say, no, Lord, I don't know where they are. And he said, I don't condemn you either. You have a choice now. Because your story has been met with my care, you can go and sin no more. You don't have to live by the stories that have shaped you. You actually can live by a God who has formed you. And that is the question I think we need to be asking. Not why, where. That's so good. And I think why is a place where we could just go round and around and around. And yep. the truth is, 
whatever our human minds could conceive of, it will never be enough to actually take our pain away. It's not going to be the thing that's going to transform us. Even if we could understand why there's that, that is not the direction that the healing is. Mm -hmm. And as you said, the, where is God, the, what is he doing? What is he up Mm -hmm. to? And I think that's the thing though, that we have to come to terms with is there's going to be some pieces of this that are ambiguous that we might not be able to answer. There's only going to be so far in the past really that we even need to go or care to Mm -hmm. go. Sometimes there's going to be some places that maybe we'll, we'll visit them and we will unearth the shame, but we don't necessarily need to, we're we're not going to live there. So Mm -hmm. it's something to visit, but it's not a place where we're supposed to stay. And I think that that's where why ends up kind of like getting us into this, this Mm -hmm. zone, but it's because we're seeking the wrong thing when we go backwards. Yeah. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. For sure. And it's the way our our minds work, but it's just that renewing of our mind to say, that is a, a, that's the obvious first question, right? But mm-hmm. what else is here that's mm-hmm. actually where the juice is? You know, what right. else is here that's actually where the healing comes from? Mm-hmm. And you mentioned though engaging that shame, and I think that that's one of the things that keeps us from going back there. Mm-hmm. Is we know we know there's hurt back there. We know what what um, just we know to some extent what exists back there, and to have to go, we're kind of afraid of what we're going to find. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's like, um, I might actually find out it's worse. I think we think sometimes like it's going to actually be worse. It's worse than I even imagine that it is. Or, you know, when it comes to dealing with God in this, it's like, I actually think I'm going to be more afraid of who he is or more afraid of what he says about me. And I love that you brought up the woman of the, at the well, because as I've restudied this in this season with a fresh perspective. If she had been, as many of us had taught that she was just this like wild living woman, like in that culture, they would have killed her. Mm -hmm. So here in this shame that she's experiencing, there's so much rejection that she's experiencing by having all of these men run through her. Mm -hmm. And so, as you said, that could seem like, whoa, Jesus, that was harsh. (laughs) But he's saying to her, like, I know. And I wish sometimes we had tone of voice, like that there was some kind of like emojis in the Bible that we could Mm -hmm. know, like, what was Jesus's tone of voice like? Well, you can always know the kindness of the Lord leads us Mm -hmm. to repentance. Mm -hmm. So the tone is always kind. And if you're hearing anything other than kindness, conviction can have kindness around it. Mm -hmm. But if you're hearing other tone, any tone that's not kind, that's not inviting you closer and into intimacy, you're not hearing the tone of God. Period. It is the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. And you said so much stuff because really, if we just go to the past, then we're not completing the triangle. We've got to go the so that. Uh, you know, so we, we've mm. got to understand that we go back so we can go forward. Right. That That is the goal. God is not asking you to stay in the past. He's asking you to be tended to in the past so that you can move forward in mm. the very truth of who you've been created to be. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's where, you know, we have to answer the question why. The question why is there is a real enemy that has assaulted your goodness from the time you were little. That's just facts. Mm -hmm. It is the word of God. It is facts. And you've known it. You've known that there's been something against you your whole life. So the point isn't, you know, when we experience trauma, any kind of trauma that's not been tended to, it will always move to shame and shame will always move us to a sense of contempt or hatred towards ourselves or others. Mm -hmm. What God and what he wants to do is for you to engage the shame because you've turned on yourself. 
trauma that's not tended to, the enemy latches onto it and you turn against yourself. You become compliant. What God wants to do is move you past the shame where you hold the, the ownership and you move into a place where you go, actually, I was little. I did not, I didn't know that I was even doing that. I didn't know that I was a willing participant. Now, there are some things that we do, yes, and we need to take ownership for that. Mm -hmm. But not, but most of the time we move past those places and we start to see roots of where the enemy has assaulted our story Mm -hmm. when we were young. So you want to know why. Why is because the enemy saw your goodness and he hated it. And he wanted to silence it because he knew that you fully stepping into who God created you to be would rattle hell. He's no match for your kind of glory. So we had to do everything he could within your story to silence you. Mm -hmm. So Jesus wants you to engage your shame because you've turned on yourself. And he wants you to come back to that trauma so that he can give you empathy and kindness so that you can start to have empathy and kindness towards yourself so that Mm -hmm. you can start to move into the glory that you always, always intended to have. I love that so that point because that really is the crux. And as as we start to get through just the, even the little bittiest bit of work, you start to see that light. And in that woman of the well at the well star- story, he sends her. She gets to be the first one mm-hmm. to say, "I met the Messiah." That yes. was the whole purpose of all of this stuff that had happened to her. She got to be a woman. Got to be the mm-hmm. first one to run back to the town and say, "I met the Messiah." And you won't believe yeah. it. And right. if, if we really understand, though, that it's that is the purpose of us going backwards. That is the purpose of us engaging all of this stuff. That there is a so that. If we can know that yes. from the outset, there is, without a shadow of a doubt, there is a so that. Mm-hmm. Then I think we can say, all right, it's worth it. Yes. That we can step into the courageous acts mm-hmm. of loving who we're created to be. That's mm-hmm. freedom. Freedom is a courageous, one courageous act to say, okay, I'll take this one little place, this one little story. Don't try to do all of them. Don't try to go to your deepest, darkest story. Just start with one and go, God, where do you want to tend here? Don't just give it to God. Ask God to come into it. Invite him into the story. Mm. Allow your heart to be tended to meet with someone, meet with me, you know, do, do what you need to do, you know, meet with Michelle or however it works out. Listen to this podcast, do what you need to do to get in spaces where you can start getting honest about what's really going on so that Mm -hmm. he can tend and something will begin to flourish. You'll actually start remembering who you were created to be the little one that danced saying Mm -hmm. did art, you know, was a little truth teller in your home had such delight within her, your glory will be returned to you, sweet friend. It will be returned to you. I just want to like, like just right there, like leave the silence, like right there. So good. Mm. As we wrap up the conversation, Carrie, I ask each guest the same question. And it Mm -hmm. is, if there was just one thing that you would want a single mom to know, what would it be? Oh, this is such a hard answer. Um, Gosh, I'm pausing because I'm thinking about the single moms that I know. And I just, I think my first instinct is just to let them know how incredibly brave they've been and that they are going to minimize their bravery and their strength 
and they are going to be constantly assaulted against their bravery and their strength. And I just want you to know that we see you as brave. We see the strength within you. You are still here and there's more for you. Yes. There's more healing for you, but it took a lot of bravery to be who you are today to stand how you stand, to breathe every morning, to care for these littles, to offer your heart, to listen to this podcast, to be a woman in this world and be a single mom takes an amount of bravery that many of us will not ever be able to name for ourselves. And you are the pinnacle of what it means to be brave. And we just honor you. I just want to honor you in that bravery. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. Carrie, would you tell listeners about your resources and how they can follow along with you? Yeah. So you can just go to Carrie Scott Garcia on all Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. I also run an organization called Freedom Movement. It's freedom underscore movement. I mean, we create resources for broken stories to be healed. We do uh, an academy called Freedom Academy, where we actually train you in some of what we've been talking about. You don't actually have to bring a story to this one, so don't freak out. But we kind of give you a more bird's eye view of what does it mean about 50% personal development? What does it mean to engage story? And then about 50% of how do we sit with other people? How do we love other people? How do we love our kids? How do we ask good questions? How do we begin to move people into hope and healing? And so we offer that all around the nation, Freedom Academies. Um, and then I have a book called The Exchange, and it's a course. So there's videos from me, and we walk you from victim to victory. It's really the journey from hurting to hope. And what does victory actually look like? Does it mean that Michelle and I are perfect and our story is all done? No, that's not no. what victory looks like. <laughs> victory looks like the story is in the process of no longer having power, that I'm actually learning what it means to be sanctified. I'm learning what it means to be more like Christ every day. So I visit the triangle all the time, friends, past, present, future, past, present, future. But I I can visit it now without fear. I can know that I am held by a God who will meet me every step of the way and only goodness will come. For the Bible says, for I am confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And these are the resources that we offer to you. So we are freedommovement.com or .org, carriegarcia.com, and then Carrie Scott Garcia and we and freedom underscore movement is where you can kind of find me. I'm kind of all over the place there. So, and I have a podcast called The Honest Pod. You can go listen to that as well. Yes, yes. Highly recommend. And I will actually include links in the show notes for listeners so they can find all of the ways to connect with you really easily. But I just want to thank you so much for sitting down with me today. It was such a joy. Yes, I enjoyed it too. Thanks, Michelle. If you enjoyed this conversation with Carrie, I've got a couple others that I could suggest for you. The first is episode 97, Vulnerability, How to Open Your Heart to Healing with Kelly Fabian. Also, have a look at episode 90, Try Harder, Try Softer, Harnessing the Gifts of Compassion and Curiosity in Trauma Recovery with Andy Kolber. We'd love to invite you to get involved with the Plus One Parents community. You can join us on Facebook or Instagram at plusone.parents. And on Facebook, you can join our private Facebook group, Beloved Collective. 
Also, at plusoneparents.org, we are constantly adding new resources related to all of the topics that we cover here on the Christian Single Moms podcast. That's everything from parenting to dating to spiritual and emotional well-being. If you'd like to stay up to date on the new resources as we release them, you can join our mailing list there as well at plusoneparents.org. I'm so grateful that you're a part of this community and that you were able to join me for this episode today. I pray always that you would know that you are seen and you are beloved.